Welcome and thank you for joining us. Here at Calvary Chapel Eldoret, we believe in impacting and changing people's lives through the Bible, which is the only inspired and infallible Word of God. For more information, be sure to check out our website at ccelderet.org. That is ccelderet.org. And here is today's word. Uh, we are thankful to God. As we continue again with our study that we began, First Samuel, We did chapter one, and ambitiously we are going to do a few chapters today, and kind of get the uh, flow of a certain story as the Lord uh, leads us. If you have your Bible, please turn with me to First Samuel chapter two. Last week we ended this great chapter, chapter one, seeing the great agony, the heartache of Hannah, and at the end of it, the Lord really, the Lord came through after a long time, after waiting and after actually praying right, doing things God's way. You know, praying that God will give you a child to present to your husband isn't an evil thing, but then that child would have been, you know, for, for the glory of his father. But then when she prayed that this child will serve God, then that was the thing. That was the real deal. Hannah at first wanted a child to present to the husband. But God wanted a prophet for the nation. So that was the difference, because if it's just a child, then you can have a child. But when it comes to, you know, God's purposes, then things have to be done right. And then after, um, they went to Shiloh, went and saw the priest, told him, for this is the child I prayed and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshiped the Lord there. And Hannah prayed and said, let's get to this prayer of Hannah and see what's in there. Chapter 2 of 1 Samuel. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices 
in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Now let's take it bit by bit and see what she's saying here. We know from the past story what happened. The co-wife, Penina, is basically the person she's alluding to when she's talking about those who, you know, mocked her, the enemies of, you know, we call them the enemies of progress. <laughs> she was the enemy of progress in this context. She didn't want, she mocked her because she didn't have what she had. Say, I smile at my enemy. First of all, she says that my heart rejoices in the Lord and my horn is exalted. I smile at my enemies. I wonder what posture this was when she's saying, I smile at my enemies. Did she go at the door and say, huh? I have one too. <laughs> uh, I got one. So what's you going to do about it? You thought, you know, my womb was shut completely, but I now have a child. I don't know this type of laughter, but in her heart, she said, well, my enemies laughed. But what has happened? I'm smiling back at them right now. Because I rejoice in your salvation. Not because of some hard feelings. I'm just saying what, how, how it is, you know. What has happened? I prayed to the Lord, he answered. And the Lord is my salvation. So I rejoice because of that. No one is holy like the Lord, for there's none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. You know, we, we never saw this kind of prayer before the blessing came, the blessing of a child. That was a prayer of asking something, your agonizing, you're in pain because this is happening and you don't know how to solve the problem. But now that the Lord has come through, there is something that is triggered. And one thing that I like about it is, you know, when she's pouring her heart to the Lord, she's not trying to hide some things. <laughs> it's like, oh, I shouldn't have said I rejoice over my enemies. <laughs> I shouldn't have said this. She's saying it as it is, so that you guys get the heart of Hannah as she's thanking God for what she's done. People laughed at her, and she knows that there is no other rock like her God. Talk no more, so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. <laughs> yeah, before we saw some arrogance, and we read that even when they were going to Shiloh, to the house of the Lord to pray, this is the woman would mock her, Penina, would, would say bad things towards Hannah. But what is she saying? Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is the God of knowledge. <laughs> when you're laughing at someone because this has not happened to them, Listen, God is the knowledge 
God knows all these things. He gives knowledge and he's the author of the knowledge. So he knows what comes after today. When you thought people are finished, when you thought they cannot receive this miracle. No. Don't, don't give up on people. Don't give up. Don't just say, well, this is a done deal. God cannot bless them anymore. God cannot come through for them. So for the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. And these are actions that both good and bad, they are weighed by the Lord. He knows them. He knows the weight of your heart. The things, the, the weight of your imagination is weighed in his scale. So he knows about it. Don't just say, well, I just said silly, but I didn't mean it like the, the serious silly. <laughs> it's just uh, common silly, you know what I'm talking about? City. <laughs> we were city. No. He knows the weight of our imagination, the weight of our thought, the weight of everything. And by his action, by him actions are weighed. And the bows of the mighty men are broken. And those who stumble are guarded with strength. So from this previous story we read, just try to get the flow of thought, what she's trying to say. She was a broken woman. She's not broken anymore. She's like, well, I got one child that is as good as thousands of children. This is a blessing from the Lord. And whether I get more or I don't, I rejoice in the Lord. In fact, this one I have lent it to the Lord. So let the Lord use him as he wills. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread. And the hungry has, have ceased to hunger. Even the barren has borne seven. <laughs> Who is she referencing when she's talking about seven children? We all know that she only has one child. One child. But see, she who was barren, she's born seven. We don't know about seven, but in the later stories, we'll see five more children, plus Samuel will be six. The seventh one, you can guess. <laughs> Go find out who the seventh one is. And she who has many children has become feeble. <laughs> She's become of no strength. Because what is she going to say? Is she going to laugh that you don't have children anymore? What will be her story? Like, well, at least I have four, you have only one. <laughs> but even if it's one, I have a child. So what is she going to say? She has become feeble. She has become with no strength. There's no strength left with her. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up. The Lord makes poor 
and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among the princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillar of the earth are the Lord's and he has set the world upon them. He will guard the feet of his saints but the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. What a wonderful prayer. And actually wonderful and honest. <laughs> Making it sure that the enemies of the Lord, who fights them? It's the Lord. It is not you. We have read time after time in the New Testament, it says vengeance belongs to who? It belongs to the Lord. Don't take these matters upon yourself. If you try to do that, you'll be praying that you receive this so that you present it to yourself or you present it to your person. But when you take these matters to the Lord, the story changes. You present this child to your, th these children of Penina. D do we know them? <laughs> what is the story behind them, actually? What is said about them? What lesson can we get about them? <laughs> but this miracle baby, <laughs> Samuel, the last judge and the first prophet, also a priest, Then Elkanah went to his house at Ramah, but the child ministered to the Lord before Eli, the priest. This very young child was taken, probably talking and saying a few words. This child does not know a lot of things. This child has never talked to the Lord at this point. All this child is seeing is what is happening in Eli's house. It's amazing that the Bible says that this child ministered to the Lord. This child is being taught how to actually minister to the Lord, how to serve the Lord at this age. For every parent, or those who are aspiring to become parents, if you dedicate your children to the Lord, at the end of time, you'll be happy with the result. If you don't dedicate them to the Lord, you dedicate them to yourself, at the end of time, you will cry about it. You'll cry deeply about it. 
And we shall see the story here. But the child ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. This, this is the same house where this child has been brought to serve the Lord. And this is the same house where corrupt children have been brought up. <laughs> Whose children? The priest's children. PKs. <laughs> oh, pastor's kids, bishop's kids, evil as they can get, right? We know them. I was one of them, as wicked, top-notch as it can get. Smoking anything that can be smoked. My head, my nose were like, was like a chimney. Getting all the smoke out like, you know how the enemy blinds people? You think that that is cool? <laughs> Listening to some stupid rap music and thinking that that is life. You know, you're a skinny guy with big vests, you think that, yeah, you're cool. With some handkerchief that you tie in your head, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And young teenagers and girls think that you're cool. You're the bomb. <laughs> you're the coolest. Oh, Thank God none of you knew me before. It's a good news. Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. They did not know the Lord. Whose house did they live in? Eli, their father. Who was what? A priest. It is not a guarantee that when you're a Christian, you're a pastor, whatever you do in church, that your children automatically will know, will know the Lord. It is not automatic. And you've heard these testimonies. People say, oh, I grew up in a Christian family. Get out of this place. Go get born again. <laughs> Go find the Lord. Leave those things alone. I grew up in a Christian family, so what? Did you know the Lord? Or you want to intimidate people with that background so that people think you're, you're a bit better <laughs> than the rest. You're a bit better than us. I did a bunch of things and my dad was a pastor. <laughs> so I know it. They did not know the Lord. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with three-pronged flesh hook, flesh hook in his hand while the meat was boiling. So this meat that were being, um, you know, offered to the Lord, they were, first of all, they boiled them, okay? And what happened is that those servants who served in, you know, the, the Levitical priesthood, those who served, they would have a stick that 
had three hooks on it. Okay. So when you get in the pot or whatever it was, whatever comes out, that is yours and your household. And there are a few reasons why God gave the command for a few things to happen. Number one, you know, you, you are not supposed to eat the fats. Mafuta, mafuta. And this, especially Eli's children, they thought, you know, this, why is the Lord not allowing us to do these things? And some other people would complain about it. But you, you studied the Levitical laws, you realize God was in a big way trying to protect them. Because those who are doctors can tell us if you keep on eating fat, fat things, you'd have a lot of trouble, right? A lot of trouble. So, and that was the part that was being offered to the Lord. So the Lord takes the bad part and he leaves the good part with you. Why? To help you, to save you from all the troubles that would come after you eating and eating. Uh, then he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or caron or pot. And the priest would take for himself all that the flesh hook brought up. So they did in Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Also, before they burned fat, the priest, serve, the priest servant would come and say to the, the man who sacrificed, give meat for roasting to the priest, for he will not take boiled meat from you, but raw. And if the man say to him, they should really burn the fat first, then you may take as much as your heart's desire. He would then answer him, no, but you must give it now. And if not, I will take it by force. Therefore the sin of the young man was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred offering to the Lord. Abhorred the offering to the Lord. Of the Lord, sorry. This act of, you know, the, the children of Eli doing what was not prescribed by the Lord, it grieved the Israelites. Though we know at this time, you know, it is that period of time when people did what was right before their eyes. But then they also knew what was prescribed by the Lord to be done at the temples. You go to worship, this is how it ought to be done. This is what you ought to do. You are not to have the fat. Don't do it for your own sakes. And you know, they actually turned this into business. These um, sons of Eli. They started selling this meat to people who would come. <laughs> Other people. You know how it happens in these butcheries and stuff? They haven't. They cut it like 
in supu. <laughs> this is your portion. This is yours. This is yours. You know, give us some money. They, they were making merchandise of what was not supposed to. And this thing, before it even, it grieved the Lord, but these people were grieved because they said, well, it, it is now even pointless for us to offer these offerings to the Lord. Why? Because it's being misused by these sons, sons of Eli. This was not a good take. The sins of the young men was very great before the Lord. For the men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Listen, it says, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child wearing a linen ephod. In verses 11, it said, but the child ministered to the Lord before Eli, the priest. Verses 18, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child wearing a linen ephod. Don't ever say that these kids are young, they can't understand. <laughs> in, the, in the middle of wickedness, in the middle of a people who are corrupt, doing their own things, what pleases them, then we have one particular young man, a boy, who is doing the will of God. So don't just say, well, every other kid is spoiled. Even mine. <laughs> every one of them. Every one of them. Let's just, you know, try to give these kids food, you know, take them to school when you can, but just know that nothing good, nothing good comes out of them. He was in the middle of where corrupt people lived, but he served the Lord as a young man. He served the Lord. He was clothed as a priest already, <laughs> the linen ephod. Moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. So every time they go up to offer the sacrifice in Shiloh, she would carry a coat, she would carry a robe for the little Sammy, a <laughs> little Samuel, growing every year, growing in the knowledge of Christ. And the mother would be a blessing to the boy. Bring this and bring this and bring this. You know. And Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, The Lord give you descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. Then they should go to their own home. Then they would go, sorry, to their own home. So there's a, there was a blessing that was proclaimed with this man. I don't know if he was very particular in trying to caution his own son, train his own son, but all we know is 
he had a priestly duty to charge, and he did that, but there was a problem in his house because his own children turned to be wicked. But then he blessed Elkanah. He said, from this woman should come descendants. Because this woman, we, I have never seen anything like this. Anyone loaning their children to God. <laughs> this, this will be here. This will serve God the rest of his life. Verses 21, and the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. She's growing before the Lord every day. But there are three more brothers to Samuel and two sisters. So he's not alone. But you, you remember in that profound prophecy with her mother in that prayer, she's talked about seven. We can only see six. Please go find out the seventh one. <laughs> the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Now Eli was very old and he had everything. His son did to all Israel and how they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. This was evil at its best not only messing with the sacrifices, now they are messing with women. Other people say, well, they might have, you know, seduced these women or forced them, forced themselves on them, or they mobilized other like-minded people like them, the wicked one, and they started to bring in temple prostitutes. But whatever the case, it says they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. <laughs> at the door of the tabernacle. <laughs> at the lobby. <laughs> they messed up the lobby. They messed up Well, you're messing up with the tabernacle of meeting. You're messing up with the ordinances of God. And God will surely do something about it. It will not go free. It will not go unanswered. Wickedness does not just go scot-free. So he said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of the, your evil dealings from all the people. No, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. In other words, you're leading people to sin instead of leading people 
to God, you're leading people to sin. This is not good. If one man sin against another, God will judge him. But if man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? If you, if you guys sin to one another, you know, we can take ourselves to the court. No problem. We'll square it right there. If, if you sin against the Lord, I mean, who is going to be on your side? Who is going to be your attorney? Who is going to be your clerk? Who is going to try to collect data and try to present your case as innocent while you're not? But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? This is now their father saying these words. Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father because the Lord desired to kill them. <laughs> this sin had already matured and the Lord had sworn to himself he's going to destroy them and he's going to do that. He's going to use other people to do it. They're going to be utterly destroyed. This is a great lesson for every parent. Train your children. The Bible says train your children in the ways of the Lord. That when they grow up, they'll do what? They will remember. They will remember. These ones, perhaps they don't have anything to remember. I don't know if they were taught. But if they cannot listen to their biological father and go ahead and do whatever they do at the temple, at the tabernacle of meeting, laying with women, robing the sacrifice, this was not a good thing. Listen to what it says in verses 26 again. And the child Samuel grew in the stature and in favor both with the Lord and with man. These very words, actually, if you go back and or go ahead and read Luke chapter 1, you'll find a similar story of how Mary, who was a teenager, and the Lord spoke to her, and she picked what God said, and she ran with it. And after Jesus was born, the Bible say that the man Jesus grew in stature and had favor with who? With God and with man. I don't know for those who have children if this would be said of them. That they are growing in the knowledge of God. They, they have favor with God and they have favor with men. Some of us are 
probably saying, well, they're still young, let's give them time. <laughs> let's give them time. When they are of age, we shall know about it. No, train your children when they are young. Do your parental duties when your boys, when your girls are still young. Because this, they will remember. I know this because we have a little one at home. So when we sit, I open my book, I'm trying to read. My wife is trying to read a book and we have this kid's book. She doesn't know how to read anything. She doesn't even know how to open pages. So just flip. Because we are opening pages, this small mama assembly will open hearts and try to do what we do. Try to do, and when there's a bit of silence, she'll complain about the silence, and you try to read her own book, and she claps. She claps about it. When we sing, we try to clap, and like, you guys, what you doing? And she joins in clapping. She's learning a few things. When we pray, like, hey, hold your hands, we're praying. She, one minute she'll be doing her own things, and the next minute, instead of holding her hands together, she's clapping. <laughs> you are in the middle of praying, and she's clapping. It's like, are you guys supposed to be clapping right now? Kids learn these things at a very young age. If you don't train them in the way of the Lord, someone else will train them. You guys know this Swahili say by Wahengas. You know Wahengas, they disappeared, by the way. There's no contact about them. You can't even email them. Wahenga. Asiefunzwa. Na mamai. Ufunzwa. Na ulimwengu. And apparently I'm the Ulimwengu. I will teach them. <laughs> the Ulimwengu will rattle your children. Teach them God's word. And the child, Samuel, grew in the stature, in stature and in favor with both the Lord and man. Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt, in Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose him out of all the tribe of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar to burn, in, to burn incense and to wear an ephod before me? And did I not give to the house of your father all the offering of the children of Israel made by fire? Why do you kick my sacrifice? The Lord is now coming to him big time. Why do you kick my sacrifice? And my offering, which I commanded in my dwelling place, and honor your sons more than me. Wow. And to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. 
In other words, God is telling Eli that what you have done, you have not honored me, but you have honored your children above me. Typically what we've been talking about for the past few weeks and even on Sunday, that people will make even their children an idol. You don't want to speak to your children. Say, well, I will offend my child if I say them, if I say this to them. I will offend them if I spank them. I will offend them if I tell them to go think about their life in that corner. I will offend them if I do this and that. I will offend them. Trust me, if you don't do it now, the repercussion will be greater in the later days. The repercussion will be greater. It said, and you have honored your sons more than me. That is a problem, friends. You might not have children, but there's something you have honored above the Lord. I don't know what that is, but there is something specifically you have honored. Probably your husband, your wife, your jobs, your careers, your money, whatever it is. And those who are young men and women, probably your parents, you have honored them above what? Above the Lord. To make yourself the fat of the best of all the offering of Israel, my people. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, this is a known man of God who appeared to them. They don't know him. We don't know him, that is. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arms and the arm of your father's house so that they will not be an old man in your house. <laughs> You're probably the last old man. Have you heard people saying this like, hey, una behave aje, kwenyu akuna waze? When they're not old men in your assembly, Man, the counsel of the young men are terrible. <laughs> terrible. You guys know it. If you read the Kings, you know when the young man gives counsel, you say, well, they were being taxed this. And the young man would say, aha. What are they looking for? Freedom? No. Tax them even three times. These people must work. <laughs> counsel of the young men. unless they're really deep into Christ. 
But if not, their counsel will be bad. There will not be an old man in your house, and you see an enemy in my dwelling place. Despite all the good which God does for Israel, and all, and there shall not be an old man in your house forever, not just today, forever. But any of your men whom I do not cut, whom I do not cut off from my altar, shall consume your eyes and grieve your heart. <laughs> In other words, you say, hey, if I don't destroy them, whatever they do, when you look at them, it will grieve you. It will kill you slowly. <laughs> so in other words, there's no peace for you. There's no joy. Man, this is as bad as it can get. And all the descendants of your house shall die in the flower of their age. <laughs> in other words, when they're just blooming, they are gone. They bloom, they're gone. This is terrible. <laughs> By the way, remember that it's not the enemy saying this word. <laughs> this is God himself saying this word. This, this is those things that I don't know how you pray against them when the Lord has spoken. I don't know how you counterattack. You say, well, uh, the spirit of premature death, I cancel you back to sender. <laughs> oh, man. Now this shall be a sign to you that will come upon your two sons, on Hophni and Phineas. In one day, they shall die, both of them. <laughs> this, this information has no mercy. <laughs> it comes without filters, as raw as it can get. You know, you can say, well, they, they, some things will happen. You probably won't see them for long, you know. Try to clean it up, to clean up this information. Say, oh, in one day they shall die. <laughs> They'll be all gone, both of them. And I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house. And he shall walk before me. Walk before my anointed forever. Shall walk before my anointed forever. And it shall come to pass that if anyone, everyone who is left in your house will come and bow down to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread and say, please put me in one of the priestly position that I may eat a piece of bread. In other words, it shall be bad, 
bad with them. They will, they will like even food and say, hey, at least I was in the lineage of the priests. Please, can you just consider me and give me bread to eat? Man, this is, this is worse, as bad as it can get. But then it talks about this priest. A lot of debates about it, whether it's Samuel. Of course, presently at that time, he would uh, fulfill the priestly duties for that um, season and that time. But then we know, as this word says, and it shall walk before my anointed forever. He will not walk forever. He will die and things will change and many things will happen later. But we know of a priest who is forever. We know of a priest whose line cannot be cut off by anything. Who walks blameless before the Lord. Go back to the, uh, go to the book of Hebrews and you will read about this priest whose line cannot be cut forever. A lot of many other people will be talked about, but nevertheless, we know that, you know, this priest will not, he will walk according to what is in my heart and in my mind. You know that that is Jesus Christ in the later days to come. If you may, I'll just quickly read this next verse to get what is happening. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. It was those times when people did what was, you know, right before them. And even when it comes, it was rare. It was rare. That is why we hear of a man this man of God who came and spoke these words to Eli, the priest. It was not the outpouring of God's spirit every other time. And you know, the Lord spoke, the Lord spoke, the Lord spoke. No, it was very rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation and it came to pass at that time while Eli was laying down in his place. And when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And before the Lamb of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was. And while Samuel was laying down that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, here I am. How did Samuel, at a young age, know how to respond when he's caught? As much as he was being taught, you know, to fear the Lord, I believe he was also obedient to the man who was training him, Eli. That when he's called, he would say, here I am. Here I am. There's a way you respond to people and they will know that if you're very respectful. Man, in, in uh, our African parents, they call you and you say, ah? 
<laughs> you know what will come forth, my friend? Like, hey, Susan, huh? <laughs> uh, John, huh? My friend. <laughs> oh, you CBC children don't understand. For us, would get it, my friend. Would get it. Ah, uh? <laughs> what is ah? Uh? The Lord called to Samuel, and he said, "Here I am." So he ran to Eli and said, "Here I am, for you called me." And he said, "I did not call you. Lie down again." And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose. And he went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call you my son. And he lay down again. Man, at this time you'd, st- you'd probably get frustrated a little bit. Like, hey, am I having nightmares? Someone called me. I had my name. I am up. Did you call me? Say no. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. Now Samuel, verse 7, did not yet know the Lord. (laughs) This is profound. First of all, when the Lord called Samuel, he did what every one of us should do. This is probably the one of the times when you're not out busy doing things, you're not in your WhatsApp group, you're not doing a lot of things, it's quiet. You know, the Lord sometimes comes to us when our hearts are so quiet so that we can listen to his voice when we are quiet. And do you know the best thing to do when the Lord calls you is to do what? To rise up. Rise up when the Lord calls. Do you know what many of us do when the Lord calls? We turn to the other side and get the blankie over our heads one more time. Because we, it's like, we, we don't know if it's, he's calling us. You, you, the Lord is calling you to do something. That is when you're, you're trying to wander like that. Who wake me up? Are, these, are they the neighbors with loud music? Look at these evil people. And you go back to sleep. And he uses another thing to distract you from sleep. And you're like, man, I can't even sleep. Some of you would go ahead and buy those things that we stick on our ears so that we don't listen to no one. I don't want to listen to anything. But the Lord is God. He returns back again. And here it says, actually, he he was being trained to serve the Lord, yet he'd never encountered the Lord. This is profound. Teach your children to follow the Lord. Though they have not encountered him at this very early stage, but at one point, the Lord will surely reveal himself. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. We hope that you've been inspired and blessed. 
For more teachings and other resources, visit our website at ccelderet.org or call us at 0718-012-496. That is 0718-012-496. See you next time.